spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. This is Perspectives, the show where a conversation about our many differences often shows us how much you have in common. I'm Condis Presley. Whether you suffered from COVID or not, you likely felt the stress of it, especially in your neck or in your back. Getting help for neck or back pain is one of the top reasons people go to the doctor. So says Dr. Mohammed Biden, a Mayo Clinic neurosurgeon and the author of Back and Neck Health, Mayo Clinic Guide to Preventing and Correcting Back and Neck Pain. Dr. Biden is our guest. Doctor, in the last 15 months, I suspect that many professionals have found themselves working from home, spending a lot more time sitting than being active and experiencing back and neck pain. Is that what you found? Yes, that's exactly correct. And in fact, you know, the the COVID period has made things worse, not better. And it's made things worse for a few reasons. One, exactly as you're saying, you know, people who were in an office, maybe they had an ergonomic chair or an ergonomic keyboard, or at least people whose jobs it was to think about those things are now sitting at home, slouching on the couch. So that, um, you know, obviously it made a big difference too, because, you know, activities were much more limited. People weren't doing that much. And so they were being very sedentary. Three, you're sitting right next to the fridge, so you're eating more, so you're gaining weight, which is not good for your back or neck. And then four, you know, stress levels were rising because, you know, you have to think about taking care of your kids, the health of your parents, the health of your kids. And um, all of those things were, you know, resulting in uh, worsening stress levels, which also has an inverse um, uh, or or corollary relationship to pain, where when stress levels rise, uh, pain levels rise and our ability to handle pain decreases. And then finally, uh, sleep patterns, um, you know, people were getting either less sleep or lower quality sleep, which uh, also, you know, results in uh, more pain and worse pain. So all of those things combined have, have resulted in, uh, you know, sort of significant worsening on the uh, back and neck and, and joint pain. Front. Now that we are emerging out of the pandemic, what are some of the things that we should do to begin to correct the trouble that we've caused ourselves? Right. So I think a few sort of key things. One um, when it comes to back and neck pain, posture is always critical, and we go over that um, uh, in the book. And, and just by way of background, some of the reasons that we put this book together, back pain is the number one reason to see your doctor. Neck pain is the number three reason to see your doctor. So between back and neck pain, those are two of the top five reasons to see your doctor. Um, so they're, they're really, you know, 80% of us will have a major back pain or neck pain episode in our lives that requires medical attention. So these are very prevalent, common diseases, and everybody's suffering from them. The key things, you know, I think from a preventative perspective are going to be good posture, core strengthening in terms of exercise. Exercises that focus on your core are always a good thing and always going to be helpful. Um, Weight loss, so having your weight under control and having good weight, that's, you know, going to be an important component. Um, and, and And then obviously, you know, anything that you do, you know, even alternative medicine wise, that helps reduce stress and improve sleep, those things are going to be very helpful in terms of controlling pain. The toughest thing to do is to get started, to correct a bad behavior and not continue to endure this neck and back pain. How do you encourage your your patients and others to, to get started? Right. Well, we go through sort of a series of uh, exercises and stretches 
that people should be doing every day. And we show those in the book. Typically, you know, we, we, you know, provide those to people when they come see us with problems. What we did in this book is, you know, recognizing that not everybody can be a patient at Mayo. Um, we, or although, you know, we want to be as accessible as possible, we provide um, a variety of things that normally we would give, you know, sort of on campus for uh, some of these uh, issues. And these aren't things that take very long. They just take, you know, a little bit of uh, dedication to the issue. But these are, you know, two areas that will really knock you out. I mean, back pain is one of the top reasons to miss work, to uh, be disabled, to, um, you know, have to not be able to sort of do the activities that you enjoy doing. And, um, and people who, you know, suffer from it certainly recognize that. Um, so there's, there's, you know, a variety of things that you can do to get started. What about medication? Right. So, um, you know, and, and, and all of that depends. So if it's, you know, when we talk about the back and the neck, it's, it's really a collection of different um, anatomical components, including bones, nerves, joints, um, uh, muscles, fascia. And so if it's very pinpoint muscular pain, an anti-inflammatory, um, like a naproxen or an ibuprofen or an aspirin uh, can be very helpful. Um, heat packs, ice packs can be very helpful. Um, uh, if it's nerve-related pain, then there's specific, you know, sort of uh, uh, medicines that uh, can modulate uh, nerve-related pain, things like gabapentin or Lyrica. Generally, you want to stay away from the opioids because although, if, if they, although they can give you sort of a short-term relief, they end up uh, changing how your pain receptors react to pain such that in the long term, they will not only not be helpful, you'll have to continue taking increasing doses of them. And, um, uh, you, you know, there's a dependence, uh, obviously a strong dependence upon them, and they'll cause dysesthesias and in some cases worse pain. So those are something, you know, if you have an acute fracture, you can take them for a few weeks, but not something you want to take over the uh, long term. So, Dr. Conventional Wisdom says that if I've got a backache or my neck is stiff and hurts, exercise is not the best thing to do. Uh, what are some of the alternative options? Right. So, um, and, and certainly for exercise, if it hurts, don't do it. If it causes pain, don't do it. You know, that's your body telling you this is not something that's very good for me to do. And, um, and, and certainly, you know, if you have a muscle sprain, the best thing is to heal that muscle and allow that muscle to heal. Now, in the long run, in terms of preventative, exercise can be very good for you, especially core strengthening exercises. Those can be very positive and very beneficial. Um, so, But if you do have a muscle sprain, then the best thing is just to let it rest, let it heal, and then you can pick up the exercises uh, later. Doctor, you said earlier that stress is something that brings on pain. Talk to our listeners about, you know, working on that stress, improving stress-related back pain. Yeah, so um, stress and sleep are both components of pain, and they're under they're, they're under treated components of pain. You know, often we treat those things separately, but what we find is that those things come together in many ways. And that, that's you know one of the nice things about the guide that Mayo puts together is there are dozens of experts from all different specialties that come together on one topic. And so stress and sleep cannot be emphasized enough as components of pain. Your body rejuvenates itself when uh, it's asleep. And if you get uh, either very little sleep or low quality sleep, your ability to rejuvenate yourself and handle pain become much less. And so this is where, you know, we get into some of the alternative treatments. You know, people often ask about, um, uh, you know, A, things like yoga, Pilates, B, things like meditation and, and other things. And generally, our rule of thumb is, one, if, if, the, if the activities themselves are not hurting you, they're probably fine to do, one. Two, 
Um, if the activities are strengthening your core, like yoga and Pilates can be very good because they strengthen your core quite a bit, then they're probably very good for you and very good for your neck and back. And then three and four, a lot of the alternative uh, therapies actually work via stress reduction, sleep improvement. And so anything that you're doing that's reducing your stress and improving your sleep, that's going to be good for your neck and back. So those are sort of some rules of thumb to follow uh, when it comes to some of those activities. Uh, you had my attention as soon as you said sleep. That's one of the most critical things. Lifestyle changes that we can make to make sure that our spine, our core is healthy and strong. I know a lot of folks probably see in their social media feeds ads for devices that will buzz you if your posture is not correct. Yeah, those those are common. I mean, having good posture, and we go over that in the book. We have illustrations that show you how to stand, how to sit, you know, do to do things like that. Um, posture is critical. It, it's very important. Now, some of the braces that people wear for posture, you just have to be aware. You, you just, you know, everything in moderation. You don't want to overdo some of those things because sometimes your muscles actually become weaker uh, as a result of being completely reliant on those things. So you just don't want to overdo some of those things. Um, uh, and, and so, no, absolutely. And then in terms of lifestyle changes, obesity is one of the big things in our country. And, and there's genetic components to it. Some people, they, you know, they really just can't help it. Um, but controlling your weight and weight control are critical for your back and neck because the more weight that, and particularly your low back has to carry, the worse it's going to be. And and so having control over those two things can be really important. Our guest has been Dr. Mohammed Biden. He is a Mayo Clinic neurosurgeon and author of the book Back and Neck Health, Mayo Clinic Guide to Preventing and Correcting Back and Neck Pain. Some very good advice, things that we all can do and start today. Thank you, doctor. Thank you very much. Slowly but surely, many Atlanta traditions are returning. For example, on July 3rd and 4th, our city will return the 52nd running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. And for the first time in the race's history, there are nine charity partners that will also benefit as a result of everybody getting out and getting their run on on July 3rd and 4th. Our guest is a representative from one of those charity partners. Mariana Cruz is with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And Mariana, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for the invitation. I really appreciate it. So talk to me about this new partnership between your organization and the AJC Peachtree Road Race. This is great. This is the first time that um, the, the Peachtree Road Race is having the charity so we're more than honored to be part of this. Uh, this is the first year that we're participating in such a huge and great event. So we are definitely excited about that. What are the benefits uh, to being a charity partner? Most people run for the, the benefits of staying healthy and exercising, but we also know that it can be hugely beneficial for a person's mental health. There was a recent survey by the folks who make the ASICS sneakers, running shoes, that during this pandemic, some 82% of runners say that running helps to clear the mind. I would imagine that's very important for people in your organization. Of course, um, AFSP is always trying to advocate for mental health and bring people resources in order to improve their mental health. So for example, um, by kind of working out or running or do some exercise at home, of course, you're gonna improve that mental health. So you can see that like, you're gonna have like a better, um, sense of humor or like you can be able to rest have like a better rest also so of course all this is improving your mental health condition so of course for example in my case one of the things that helped me to cope with the pandemic last year was 
start working out. So by start running, I can feel all those improvements. And that's why that's how I decided to run uh, to, to run this this race. So you will be running in the road race this year. That's correct. This is the first time that I'm going to participate in any of these events. So I'm very, very excited about it. And also, I'm very excited to be able to represent um, the foundation. Um, I've been a volunteer with AFSP since 2018. So I've been doing some kind of tabling um, programs or presenting some of the programs that we have at the foundation. But this time, to be involved in such a huge event, it of course, it makes me so happy and so proud. Now, you've been training and you're going to be ready to run the Peachtree Road Race, but did you discover the mental health benefits of running prior to that? Because it's one thing to run for your mental health, and it's another thing to get ready for the road race. Oh, my God, yes. It's completely two different things. So I started running. Honestly, I start walking. So when I start walking and see, okay, I can do one more mile, and then what if I try to jog a little bit? What if I try to run? So of course, at the beginning, uh, I was very, very self-motivated and just to prove what else can I do, you know, so start to proving myself. So that, for example, was really nice for me because I start believing in myself. I start believing in me and say, okay, I'm stronger than maybe I, I thought that I was. So it was little by little, of course, uh, in January, when I had the news about that we were a partnership with, with, a, with AFSP, um, at the beginning, I have a little bit of doubt, like, oh my God, I'm going to be able to run a 10K. I don't know, but I'm going to try. So I start training for that. Honestly, at this moment, I'm very, very happy because I've been able to run the 10K uh, weekly. Now it's part of my training. However, uh, one of the biggest challenges for me, it's weather, for example. Atlanta, it's so hot. It's so huge. There's a lot of humidity. So Yes, it takes time to train not your body, to train your mind also. Sometimes your body can be there and can, you can feel strong, you can feel well-prepared, but that self-doubts are there too. So sometimes you have to deal with that and, and just to keep trying, keep trying. In my case, I, the first day that I run, of course I didn't run, I, maybe not even a mile. So it's completely normal for all the people that are there and they're trying or willing to try and to I don't know. I would like to try to run. Trust me, you can start little by little. It's like baby steps all the time. What impact has this last pandemic year had on the work of AFSP? It was a challenge because um, in the past years, we used to do a lot of programs, in-person programs. So we were able to present. It is a PowerPoint presentation or being able to get involved into schools, into colleges, etc. So at the beginning of the pandemic, all that needs to stop. So we came with a challenge of how are we gonna continue to develop these programs to the people out there? So we start, of course, using social media. So we start creating our events via Zoom. So we, we never stop really, but we need to change to the digital platforms in order to deliver all these, all these programs. Did you find in the last 14 plus months that there has been an increased uh, number of calls to the organization that more people have been reaching out for help? More people are being involved because one of the things, one of the great things about technology is that you don't need to go outside or you don't need to travel to some point to participate in something. You just can't click from your phone, click from your tablet or your laptop and 
join the program. So yes, there was a majority of people joining us via virtual. So that was great. And of course, for example, there's some events that we have been posting in our social media. So we've seen these many likes or many uh, reproductions of the videos that we have there. So of course it, it is a huge impact when I saw the numbers now compared to the people that sometimes show up uh, at one of our tables or something in some event, there's a big difference. So we're very, very happy that even with the pandemic and even when we have to move everything to digital, it still continues, still the people were still interested and still involved. I love how you said that people were being bold and because they could connect electronically as opposed to physically going somewhere or picking up a phone and making that one-on-one -on -one phone call, you really, it sounds as if have been able to help more people and perhaps keep those numbers uh, lower than they might be with everyone so shut up in their houses. That's correct. I think one of the greatest thing is that we can use technology more than we can even imagine. So in this case, we worked perfectly for the foundation. Uh, so we were able to get and be there inside their homes and being just a company to the people that were struggling at that moment. So it was great. It is, it's been a great experience right now, slowly, little by little, we're trying to get um, to all these in-person presentation, which is good, but I definitely think that we're gonna continue doing this, uh, using this technology just to be a little bit closer to the people that cannot make it to the places. What is the principal message that the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention wants, to, wants our community to know? To reach out. Sometimes we can think that we are the only ones that are having these thoughts or these struggles or these battles. And sometimes that's what makes us feel apart. However, we are all in this together. So reaching out is what we want you to, to know that you, there's always a safe place. There's always somebody that is gonna be willing to hear your story, willing to be with you and to give you some words that you need, that, that you need at that moment. So at this point, uh, AFSP wants you to know that you can always reach out and ask for help. Because even when you think that you're the only one that are in this alone, that's not true. We're, uh, we are all in this together. And we're going through something that we have not experienced in a century. Exactly. So every one of us is struggling at some point with a situation. Um, this is historical. This, this is a new thing that, of course, um, has a very big impact in all our lives. So, of course, we, stopped, we needed to stop. We needed to take a break from everything. So even the most common thing, like hanging out with friends, or having, I don't know, having a movie night or something like that, all those, all those stopped. So of course we're all having the same situation here. So reaching out, is, it's, it's perfectly okay saying, hey, I'm not feeling okay, what can I do? Hey, I wanna have a conversation with you. Is it something that you might be willing to do with me? So yes, of course, reaching out, it's the best you can do. What do you say to that person who thinks that reaching out is something they might be ashamed to do or feel shame about or think that that would show weakness on their part? Some people have that idea of if I speak from my feelings, um, it's a shown of weakness. And to me, it is completely the opposite thing. It takes a bunch of courage. It takes, uh, it takes 
courage. Yes, courage is the best word that I can choose for that. So you are, all your emotions are valid. All that you are feeling, it's okay. And sharing those emotions to different people or people that you trust, it is only showing you as a human being. So every one of us struggle every single day between everything. So there's not such an idea of I'm going to be happy all the time. No, this life is about balance as well. So sometimes you're up, so sometimes you're down, but we're all in this together. What are some of the signs, telltale, that we should be looking for if we have concern about a loved one or a family member? There's a couple of signs that are very, very obvious. So for example, if some people has a completely change of the way they act, of course, there's a, a, a red flag there, for example. If somebody that used to be um, speak a lot or share a lot of information or is very like, likes to hang out and all that and suddenly has a completely different um, way of showing himself. So there's, there's a red flag there. So I was very expressive and now I'm very quiet. So that's a very, very red flag there. Also, for example, um, some other changes, like I used to be awake and now I'm asleep all the time or the opposite thing. I used to rest well and now I cannot sleep. And I, you can see it in my eyes, how tired I look or I stop eating or I'm gonna, I start eating a lot. So some of them are red, red flags also, but the way that they're describing situations. So for example, there's people that starts to saying like goodbye, you know, oh, well, there's a very big chance that when I'm not here, your life is going to be so much better. So of course, all those things are red flags. Also, there's people that uh, jokes about it. Oh, yes, you're going to be really happy when I'm not here. Well, it's perfectly okay saying, hey, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Hey, are you okay? Are you feeling okay? Because sometimes there's, a, there's this idea also, what if I ask maybe I'm going to put that idea into that person. And it does not work that way. It's, it's perfectly okay to ask directly, hey, have you thinking about hurting yourself? That opens that dialogue, that opens that conversation, then, then you can intervene there. You can be there and, and provide resources to that person. How do we contact you? What is the best way to connect with AFSP or to connect a loved one with the organization? Through our uh, webpage, um, it's afsp.org Georgia. So AFSP has a national board. However, every state has their own chapter. So in this case, the Georgia chapter is always here. We have um, also, we have a board and the, the best way you can contact us is via our webpage. So it's afsp.org slash Georgia. And from there, you can find a telephone number to get to a counselor or someone if somebody is in crisis and needs help right away. That's correct. Uh, we also have this, um, the text save, uh, safe line. Yes, it is 741, sorry, 741. You can always text that line and you're gonna have somebody right there answering some questions or providing you something that you need at that moment. And again, for me, Mariana, what is that crisis text again? 741-741. Mariana Cruz with the, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Uh, we appreciate your time. Was there anything else that you wanted our listeners to know that I might not have asked you? Well, um, we have the upcoming event 
for the Peach Tree Road Race. So we're going to be participating there. Of course, every donations are welcome. So you can find all the information in our website. And also we have a very big event, uh, which is November 7th. It is um, a walk. So we do this walk as to remembrance to those people that were affected by suicide. So any resources that you may want to find are in our web, uh, website. So go ahead and jump, try to see that we have programs, we have educational programs, we have all the time we're working to connect people that were affected by suicide or and of course prevent suicide. Mariana Cruz with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the invitation. I really appreciate it. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program produced with you in mind. If there's a guest or an issue you'd like to hear me explore, I'd hope you'd let me know. The easiest way to connect with me is on social media. Just slip me a DM or send me a message. Search Condus Presley on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah, I know you're asking, how do you spell Condus? C-O-N-D-A-C-E. And Presley has two S's. That's P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. Friends, I appreciate your listening. Be sure to listen again next week at the same time as we explore new perspectives.